reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! To the Doom Patrol podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me, as always, is Murray Fox, and we are looking this week at Doom Patrol number 117 from February 1968. Oh, man. Uh We got one of those uh, crazy covers. (laughs) The covers from like here to the end are all. I don't know. Something changes about them. Like this has got the really walked perspective, and yeah, he's he's really experimenting with the you know the, the staging of the shots and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The uh, up till now they've been pretty traditional covers, but uh, the last seven or eight are all yeah, they're really wonky <laughs> and psychedelic and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So here we've got like ground eye view looking up at the chief's uh, wheelchair. Yeah. With his Which already looks like it's tipping over from his perspective. <laughs> yeah, and he's got like an extra wheel or something there on the back. It's funny. It's like a little... Uh... Well, it's because there's not on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the stabilizing wheel. <laughs> so this isn't his normal wheelchair, I guess. This is his backup wheelchair. Maybe. There you go. It's no action chair. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like it has any doodads and gadgets in it. Really. No, it's just plain old stripped down. Yeah. Functional. That's his relaxing day off. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Wheelchair. His day off from thinking. Yeah. And the you know, two giant bird claws coming down from the top of the page to menace him menacingly. Uh huh. And he's looking terrified. That's right. The DP has flown. The chief is alone in the nest. And circling <laughs> above, waiting for the kill, is a black vulture. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. And the Doom Patrol, they're like, eh, catch you later, man. Yeah, they're in the bottom corner wondering us saying, hey, you want to run the whole show, Chief? DP's finished. You're on your own. Who knows? <laughs> right. I guess he said something he shouldn't have said. Ah. That Chief. That Chief. Rascal. <laughs> All righty. So we open up and we have a big splash page of, and now we can see a little bit more of the Black Vulture. He's not and quite as impressive. He, <laughs> in fact, he's not a bird at all. He's just a dude in a giant chicken suit. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyone who is uh, familiar with Marvel at all, uh, if you think of Black Talon, the voodoo master, he looks a lot like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Except this guy has a uh, full body scaled armor instead of uh, short pants and uh, bare chest. Yeah, that's always a better look. It's slightly better, but still not incredibly scary. <laughs> All righty. So it says uh, the word spread like wildfire through the city. The Doom Patrol is finished. Broken beyond repair, like Humpty Dumpty or a $2 watch. And as the fabulous freaks fled from their nest, the dark shadow settled over the remaining figure, the chief. It was the shadow of death, but it flew upon the wings of the black vulture. Whoa. See, now, the writing makes him sound really scary, like really menacing. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy is is Thanos himself. He's, he's you know, 
dark side incarnate. <laughs> but uh, not so much. No. It's it's weird because yeah, it's it's like the dude went to the left and they took his good wheelchair with him <laughs> and left him with like the crappy the backup wheelchair. Oh my gosh, they're. Uh... Don't get on the Doom Patrol's bad side, man. Yeah, they will steal your wheelchair. That's, that's hardcore. That is so right. we have uh, Arnold Drake and uh, Bruno Brignani again, as usual. Yes. <laughs> the first actual panel of the story is, if you missed the last sensation, here's your crying towel. Holding <laughs> a New York Mets towel. <laughs> They get Mets fans, I guess. I'm not really familiar with the football, so. <laughs> yes, I know it's baseball. That's right. Uh, so basically recapping that uh, the chief had hypnotized Madame Rouge or unhypnotized Madame Rouge. That's right. They've been battling for her. Battling for her soul. Yeah, well, the brain and Monsieur Mala were hypnotizing her, so she eventually split into two people and fought each other. And the apparent good side won, and she took off and joined up with Doom Patrol. That's right. Uh, Bloopity Bloop comes in, and he says, uh, uh, Mr. Mala says, You see, great brains, the woman is gone. But not for long, Monsieur Mala. <laughs> Madame Rouge needs us more than she knows. The evil which are carefully nurtured within her brain will not remain a slit for long. She will return to our loving nest. Bloopity bloop. <laughs> That's good. Even the bloopity bloops are French. <laughs> yeah. He is, he's the Frenchiest French of them all. Uh, and he's just a brain. Can you imagine if he had his whole body? How oh, French he would be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's what happened. Uh, we cut back to Doom Patrol headquarters, as I guess is the normal thing for them now. The chief and, and Madame Rouge are sitting in front of the fireplace having a conversation, because <laughs> that's what they do. He's got a giant TV in the ready room, and he just likes to sit in front of the fire. And they're and watch sitting the in front of the fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So a thump, 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 big thumps coming down the stairs or in, in the house. <laughs> And she's like, what the deuce is that? In comes Robot Man. He's got one arm and one leg. He's hopping around. <laughs> As per usual. That's right. Yep. He must have been on a mission of some sort. <laughs> he's like, man, the least you could do is open the door for an old veteran. That's right. No one's there for the door. Yeah. And then she's like, do you have to make a lot noise? <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry about that. It's all account of this lost leg I lost battling a maniac with an atomic ray. <laughs> I'd have gotten the leg back easy, but he blasted one arm off with a super laser. And then and she cuts him off cold. He's like, skip the gory details. There's a torch and a soldering iron wind for you inside. <laughs> That's right. I'm busy. I'm making nookie, man. Yeah. He's like, sorry to bother you with my unimportant adventures. <laughs> oh, about that guy. What's that? Negative man comes back. And she's like, ah, it's just negative man. Larry generally sends him down to the kitchen for a snack at this time of night. Think for him, he'll go away. <laughs> Look at those wild motions he's making. Like he wants to tell you something. He probably wants to tell me where I am. Sorry, Ant-Man, there's loads of salami. <laughs> and shortly, 
I think I will make some popcorn. Eek! <laughs> Dandy, and I'll have a little iodine and some gauze with cotton in it. <laughs> in comes Larry. His uniform's all ripped up, so he looks more like a mummy than ever. He's got a sling on his arm already. <laughs> He's like, they had me pinned under a block of lead, and negative men can't fly through lead, and they kept pressing it harder and harder. Finally, I found a flaw in the lead block, and Endman slipped through and flashed here for help. And what did I get? Nothing. <laughs> he flew back and somehow managed to lift that massive metal off me himself. And she's like, he's like totally not even paying attention. That's like, yeah. See, he didn't need us after all. You're getting to be very self-reliant. Plus, you got some salami, so shut up. <laughs> yeah, I told you about the salami. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that good enough? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we cut to Fancy Dayton Manor <laughs> Home of the fifth richest and angriest man in the world <laughs> That's right See, and look at that They're sleeping in separate beds This could be the reason why their marriage didn't work out <laughs> Yeah, totally Because, you know if, if if fun stuff is going on And you fall down that hole Somebody get hurt <laughs> That's all I'm saying That's right Totally so she's answering the phone, and apparently it's the middle of the night or whatever. And she's like, what? Oh, no, it can't be. He's got his pillow around his head. He's like, if that's a wrong number, I'll sell all my phone company stock and bankrupt them. <laughs> and Rita gets up, and she says, this is serious. It could be the end of the Doom Patrol. Says, the sooner the better. I never liked having to borrow my wife from them like a book from the library anyway. <laughs> Uh, she briefly recaps her origin for us. <laughs> That's very helpful of her. <laughs> yeah, and she says that uh, I don't want to let them down. She busts in Doom Patrol headquarters, and Larry and Cliff are having an argument with the chief, and while uh, Madame Rouge turns away in disgust, or she's feeling bad because it's her fault, I guess. Uh, the whole dynamic has been switched. Yeah. So we're grateful for Dr. to Dr. Collett for having just put us Humpty Dumpties back together again. But our former chief is too busy for nonsense like the Doom Patrol. Well, then so am I. Who says, it's that dame, I tell ya. <laughs> the Brotherhood Center here to bust us up. She's like, you watch that talk about man. Say what you want about me, but... And then Rita comes in and briefly recaps Cliff's origin for him to remind him all of the stuff that the chief did for him. And does the same for Larry. And he says, yeah, and I gave my service, slave services in, in this rat patrol. Forget it, Rita. Apparently they don't need me, and I certainly don't need them. No? Well, the Doom Patrol needs all of you. Are you kidding? We are the Doom Patrol. No, we're not. We didn't set out just to fight baddies. We also wanted to prove that freaks like us can be valuable. And by example, to help every other outcast. Well, we made it. We gave some hope to every gimpy, hair-lipped, fat, four-eyed <laughs> kid in the world. That's why it's more than us. <laughs> gimpy. I like that word. Wow, that is a rousing speech. And she says, a brilliant statement, dear, but you may have to have it translated into English for the boys. Uh, lovely. Close Larry, Larry's like, that did it. Eggman yanked that phony beard from his chin hair by hair. And the chief accuses them of resorting to violence because they don't know any better. 
And I was just like, Larry, cut it out. He'll sue us for assault and beardery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Rita's like banging on the ceiling. Attention. Stop it. <laughs> but later on, Cliff and Larry are in their trench coats and they're taken off. And they, uh, they take off, unbeknownst to them, on a apparently very high tree that so they couldn't see the giant dude in the chicken suit standing on the uh, <laughs> ranch. There's our buddy, the black vulture. Alrighty. He's just waiting to swoop in. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Swoop, swoop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then we get an ad for Teen Titans. Ooh, which one? Uh, the Dickens Christmas Carol. The T.T.'s Swingin' Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Sweet, <laughs> baby. Number 13. Oh, that's a classic, man. <laughs> now, those first dozen issues or 15 issues or so were just gonzo, wacko, duty stuff. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. It's all the stuff that they thought kids would really, would really dig. Daddy-o. <laughs> totally. They were hip. Chock full of thrugs. Hip to the groove. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alrighty. Well, if you haven't ever read it, dig it out, man. Yep. It is swinging. Swinging. So, uh, back in the, at the uh, headquarters there, Rita is talking to the chief. She says, you know what this is really all about, don't you, chief? He says, I believe I do, but explain it to Madame Rouge. She's new to our tribal customs. <laughs> so basically, she says that uh, the chief's like the father figure, and there was no real mother, but the family was happy, and then one day the evil stepmom comes in. <laughs> and she says, the father, he brings home a bad woman, and the little boys get jealous and run away from home. <laughs> totally, just like on the Brady Bunch. She's like, I resent your calling them children. Is that not how they act? And if one walks like a duck and swims like a duck and quacks like a duck, then one is. She says, one is better shut her flap or she's going to, I is going to eat it for her. Do eat for her. Ah, oh, lovely. So Madame Rouge turns on the chief. She's like, and, and, and you sit there while this, this thing talks to me? Whoa, thing. Settle down. And whoa. she's like, whoa, relax, man. Chill out. The dude is here to abide. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Got it all under control, ladies. Call it cheap melodramatics, and both of the girls are like, cheap melodramatics? And off they go. And both of them split. So, this is insane. They're all gone. They've all left me. I, I'm alone. Oh, the chief. He just didn't know how good he had it, man. I know. And meanwhile, the ominous chicken dude is outside the window looking at <laughs> He's just like peeping Tom in this thing. Uh, he actually looks kind of creepy in that one. Yes, right there, because he got the big vulture face. The big dead vulture big eyes dead and eye. his, his face underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good for a panel. It doesn't... Yeah. When you see his whole outfit, though, then you're like, really? Yeah, they wisely keep him in shadows as long as they can. <laughs> he should have that mask and maybe even the cape, but then have, like, a suit on. Like a cool oh, totally. tuxedo or something. <laughs> like 
Right on. Uh, so the chief's thinking to himself how, how quiet it is with everyone gone. And then he hears, what was that? What was that shrill whistle? <laughs> buddy outside on his window ledge making his, uh, he's, he's got a dog whistle, but it's, it's for birds. It's a bird dog whistle, yeah. yeah. A bird dog. <laughs> yeah. It says, come Condor, king of the birds, time to carry off our prize. And the bird comes in. He's like, ah! Giant chicken's coming to get me. And that's totally what it looks like on that uh, in the face of bottom panel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, little chicken esque. I mean, that, I mean, obviously, he did some uh, some research in, yeah. as to what the the condor looks like. But I guess it's got some sort of it's like a, looks like a waddle. That's right. So it looks an awful lot like a turkey or a, or a, or a chicken. Which I mean, they're not. They're I mean, they're not that far rela- far off as far as relation goes, anyway. But plus, yeah. you know, they're not. They can be scary. I mean, hey, oh, totally. Birds <laughs> are creepy. Dude. Don't get me wrong. I don't like birds. Birds birds move around all jerky and stuff. Like, yes, I like an animal that just moves slowly and in fluid motion. I don't <laughs> like this twitchy thing. That's right. They're birds gimpy. are creepy. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. It's just the big birds like that. Yes. But I guess uh, it just looks like a gimpy uh, wheelchair because he's got uh, he's got a flamethrower. <laughs> his action chair. He presses a concealed button and, and suddenly they're having condor souffle for dinner. Oh, but I guess not. He seems to be awful tough for a condor. He's backed uh, off. I guess he stopped, dropped, and rolled. He's not on fire anymore. And now he grabs the wheelchair and starts hauling the chief off. That is some bird, man. Okay, no you hear of the picking up puppies and babies and things, but... Yeah, you'd think maybe at most he could grab the chief out of the chair and drag him along. Because, I mean, his, wings, his wingspan isn't that big. Yeah. He probably shouldn't be able to... And especially, how's he going to get him out the window? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but he tries. He gives the old college try, as they say. And uh, Can't you just see that, though? The chief being swung around the room in his wheelchair by a... Yeah, while Bird <laughs> tries to figure out how to get it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Looney Tunes cartoon waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so the chief says, well, if he's got the wheelchair, I guess I've got two free hands. And he grabs <laughs> him around the neck and starts choking the chicken. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's literally choking the he's, chicken. <laughs> he's got him by the neck. And he's just squeezing for all of it with his, his super strong arms because he has... Very strong arms from wheeling around all That's the time. That's right, now. totally. The strength that was in his legs is now in his arms. That's right. That's right. It's the law of natural compensation, bird. That's right. It's, it's the law. You can't... Uh, <laughs> there is no arguing with that. That's right. Don't violate the law. <laughs> so the bird's uh, losing, its, uh, losing its oxygen. It drops him down on the floor. And the chief does not let go. He is... He's, going to the last minute and he uh, knocks the bird out and slams him on the floor. Yep. So uh, that didn't work out so good. So the turkey man calls somebody else <laughs> and uh, some hummingbirds show up. <laughs> the 
have apparently oh they've got little needles strapped to their noses. <laughs> That's got to be brutal. They're he's like <laughs> starving these hummingbirds. <laughs> yeah, how are they supposed to eat? They are not going to eat. They are just death traps. This dude is uh, <laughs> he's Peter's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have poison tip needles on their beaks. Even better, they're able to fly. Three five hundred miles an hour. I mean, she sees them, so even though they're flying at five hundred miles an hour, he can see them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. sure that's how hummingbirds work. Like they, 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 they go in short bursts. That yeah, fast. they're they great at hovering and stuff, like but I don't think they're. Uh... Mind you, they do eat pure sugar, so I guess uh, <laughs> it could just be a, a thing with that. But that's uh, right; they're ADD birds. Yeah. So if birds as fast as bullets, and you can bet those needles are deadly too. Too fast for the naked eye to shoot down, but luckily his fabulous chair has a laser in the back that comes up and, oh, it's a miniature rocket launcher. Electronic tracking equipment. My private anti-aircraft. Awesome. And shoots all three of the birds down. Poor little birds. They just wanted some honey. Some sweet, sweet nectar from his face. <laughs> sweet, and sweet face nectar. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no such luck. So, with them dispatched, uh, Turkey Man decides to <laughs> get involved personally. All right. He's like, we shall waste no more time on the preliminaries bouts, Dr. Niles Calder. And she's like, uh, a bird man? <laughs> He's like, no, the black vulture! And I've come for you, my prey, my dear chief. He's like, who are you? Why did you send these killer birds after me? <laughs> yeah, he was much better in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you really don't remember me, do you? Well, you will in time, perhaps just before I kill you. He's like, if it's a corpse you need, how about your own? This <laughs> guy comes up from the back again. Oh, it's, this is a different one. It's a concealed submachine gun. That is some chair. Wow, he is really... Uh, it's well-stocked. Yeah, he's slimmed down. that shot, it looks like the back of a toilet. Yeah, it does. He's, he's got lots of room for stuff in that one. <laughs> yes, the slimmed-down, tricked-out action chair. Yeah, bro. So he, uh, and he just goes guns ablaze, and he's like... <laughs> But uh, Turkey Man is faster than he looks, and he runs away. From the machine gun bullets. <laughs> machine gun bullets, yeah. And, oh, the gun jams. He said, Drat, the gun jammed. I killed the idiot who invented this thing, except that I invented it. Wah, wah. <laughs> oh, boy. And now that you have finished playing soldier, illustrious Dr. Calder, the vulture will begin the flight of death. He's got <laughs> rocket boosters in his arms. So he's flying around. That can't be... Wow, that's got to be tough to control, honestly. Totally. And he's got to have some good thrust behind him, so he's got to keep his arms like perfectly rigid and then just sort of tilt them when he wants to turn exactly. around. Exactly. It's like you don't want to scratch your nose or anything. You'll be flying into a wall. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, ugly costume aside, this guy's obviously fairly talented. Yes. He, he practiced an awful lot with those uh, arm rockets. Uh-huh. Not enough to find out that they're probably not a good idea. <laughs> In theory, they're a good idea, but... Uh... 
There you go. I guess his big thing is he wants them to... I guess that's why he's got that scaled armor, too, so it protects him from the back splash of the uh, rockets. <laughs> right on. So he wants them to propel his hands, because his hands have steel talons. Yes. <laughs> was in for the kill, but uh, Chief's action chair is also pretty swift, and it zooms out of the way. He says, I'm going to make it to that door before you do. Last one in the door is a dead duck vulture. <laughs> he speeds through the doorway first, and the supersonic signal slams the steel door down, and poor old vulture runs right into it. Ow, he says. <laughs> well, he pulls out his uh, super burr whistle again. Come, Ahaku, great thunderbird. <laughs> oh, Carry those two bombs, twin seeds of death, and plant them in the fortress of mine enemy. Wow, so this is a giant eagle carrying literally two bombs, one in each talon. <laughs> oh, my. This guy's got nothing on Hawkman. I'm trying to figure out, like, were all these birds just sort of sitting on a building outside just waiting? <laughs> or does that Ahaku just sort of carry the bombs around all the time until this guy happens to need them? That's right. He's floating around the city. <laughs> like, damn I wish I could catch some food but I got my hands full of these bombs yo <laughs> I don't know why he talks street uh, so anyway Ahaku comes in drops the bombs and the door is unscratched totally there's a little speaker and conveniently above the door where the chief can make fun of him <laughs> behind the door <laughs> Correct, Walter. That metal is impervious to bombs ten times the size you use. Give it up. <laughs> and he thinks to himself, while it's true the metal will resist bombing, the door tracks won't. Another blast or two, <laughs> the door off its tracks. Let's hope he believes me. And hope I didn't say this out loud in my outside voice. That's right. You would think if you were going to build a bomb-proof door, you might... I don't know, work on the door tracks as well. Yeah, the frame should be as good, too. <laughs> That's right. The door is impervious. The frame and the wall, however, eh, you know. <laughs> it's plaster. <laughs> uh, you know, even the chief can't think of everything, you know? No. No, not when he's got that busy spy network up. And... That's right. This is the sensible thing to do would be to call the police. But that's an admission that I can't draw a breath without the aid of the Doom Patrol. Screw that noise. That's right. Pride. I'll stand alone or fail, he says. Meanwhile, we'll check in on all the ex-Doom Patrollers. Uh, Robot Man's walking around town. He sees a blind man going across the street. <laughs> about to get hit by a car. Because uh, I guess they don't have those little things that go, ee That's right. This was pre ee that's right, totally. When the blind had to just wander willy-nilly across the streets. <laughs> yeah, just randomly running around the streets, hoping to get killed by cars to save them from their blindness. <laughs> oh, my. He's like, you idiot, you got nothing better to do than get yourself killed? And he grabs the guy and pulls him out from the front of the car. That's when he realized he's blind. That's right. <laughs> he's like, oh, thank you for saving my life, sir. You're a hero. So yeah, I'm a regular Galahad, balling a blind, defenseless man. <laughs> he's like, ah. He's like, wait a second. That guy we call the chief, he's a defenseless man in a wheelchair, and we walked out on him, too. 
All right, let's get back and speak in. <laughs> he doesn't want he doesn't want his palace to think worse than for going soft. That's right. Uh, that's the end of part two. Ooh. Yes. So Alrighty. then we turn to Larry, who's somehow gotten back to uh, flying planes again. I guess all those troubles he was having getting a job like that in the first place in his origin story. I guess those are all done now. Yeah, they've been left behind. They were like, oh, shucks, Larry. We, we didn't mean to come back and fly planes for us. Yeah, and be sure you debandageify yourself so that you can irradiate the entire plane so no one else <laughs> exactly. can ever use it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, but it's got to be freeing. Look at that. He's almost smiling. <laughs> yeah. His little electric head there. Mm-hmm. Says, Imagine that stupid old man getting a dame, letting a dame bust up the Doom Patrol. A dame! <laughs> and then in the sky we see the ghostly head of Niles Calder. I assume this is his conscience. Yes. <laughs> saying, yes, Larry, a dame. And the same dame you yourself was once interested in. Perhaps that's why you... He's like, that's a lie. I never want her. Never. <laughs> no, easy. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back, and there's a secret entrance, I guess. In the fountain. In a public fountain. <laughs> he opens it up and uh, scoops in. Shortly, uh, Cliff's running through the ready room of the giant TV. They're showing the, all the action of uh, Turkey Man and his bomb-wielding <laughs> eagle trying to blow up the door. Yeah. So he heads downstairs. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to use as a weapon. So he grabs one of, I guess, one of the chief's... Uh, many statues. Many statues. He's got a 500-pound copy of Winged Victory <laughs> sitting in his house. Very poetic. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I just woke up. Uh... As Larry creeps into the house, he sees a shadowy figure with some kind of huge weapon, and he lets Native Man in and busts him in the gut with his head. <laughs> or is it's, it's just Cliff. That's he great. drops the uh, statue. And they realize who they are, who's fighting who, and they go, oh, the guy he wants downstairs, bombing the chief's brains out. That's right. And uh, meanwhile... Uh, Turkey Man has now ripped the door open because the last bomb finally took out the uh, the tracks. Yeah. And she's like, one last retreat position. I better move fast. <laughs> but wait till they've broken the door up. Yeah, wait till they've broken the door open and then move. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you just go to the back application just in case and if he happens to, I don't know, have a heart attack while trying to open the door and die, <laughs> it's not like you don't have TVs to see what's going on. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so off he goes. One so he's tiered out 25 miles an hour, I guess. <laughs> and he zooms through the next door. And through the next door, he sends another ultrasonic signal, and the door bursts into flames. All right. Ah, dear. <laughs> so... Uh, do you not realize, Dr. Calder, that by flying through the flames at high speed I can avoid any harm? He's like, well, yeah, but I was kind of hoping you didn't. <laughs> so 
he flies around, swoops around, making a circle for the big uh, bust through. But that's when Cliff and Larry decide to bust in. All right. And uh, they pull the old fastball special. Cliff grabs Larry and throws him up at the flying dude so Larry can grab his ankles. <laughs> and start chewing on them. <laughs> but it doesn't stop Turkey, man. He's, he's flying around. He's just like, hey, I don't care. I'm, I'm flying, dude. You're going to fire. How about that? That's right. These rocket arms are... Yeah. They are powerful. Cliff says, hang on, man. With that extra weight, the rocket fuel is bound to burn out. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to last that long. <laughs> but it worked. He eventually runs out of fuel and uh, takes a face plant. A moment later, there's Rita. She's looking in the window. She's like, she sees two men in there carrying a third. It must be the chief. I got back just in time to save him. So she gets, busts in the window and knocks Cliff and Larry for a loop. Hey, wait, what's going on? She's like, oh, sorry, Janice. So, meanwhile, uh, Black Talon takes the opportunity to crawl away and grab his super bird whistle deal. <laughs> and this time, instead of calling birds, it calls bats. So, I guess it's he's when got, he was you know, choosing his theme for his costume and whatnot, he's like, ah, close enough. That's right. They got wings. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> This is wild. So there's a whole mess of bats come in. And his deal is he's taught them for some reason to all use their sonic radar at once. <laughs> so they all squeak, squeak, squeak. And the, the, the vibrational waves of it induce vertigo in Rita and Larry and <laughs> cause Robot Man's body to fall apart. <laughs> Wow, the power of the bat. But meanwhile, Turkey Man has earplugs in his helmet, so he's uh, okay. That's right. He's totally fine. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. (laughs) So Birdman's like, well, you will not suffer long. For now, I shall call my killer hawks. Oh my gosh. Jesus, nice whistling, pal, but those are the noisiest hawks I ever heard. Sounds more like Mohawks, a band of crazy Indians, and am I glad to see you? (laughs) And suddenly. This is some town they live in that they have vultures, bats, and (laughs) a tribe of Mohawks living somewhere. (laughs) Were they not on the second floor? Like, yes. So these dudes came in with their horses and <laughs> rode them up the stairs, ruining the chief's carpets. It's a, it literally is a band of woo Indians. Totally. And, uh, with the full war paint and regalia and the whole nine yards. <laughs> and Turkey Man says, Wait, Feather! He says, So uh, he takes off, tries to get away. I guess he's. 
I guess although he ran out of juice in his rockets before, I guess it's replenished itself, so he tries to fly away. <laughs> but uh, White Feather jumps off his horse and grabs him and tackles him to the ground. They pull off his hood. <laughs> and the chief enters and says, Good works, White Feather. Let's get a better look at the son of Geronimo. That's what you called yourself, wasn't it, Decker, when you produced ancient land deeds to half California? <laughs> so I guess this guy is just a dude that uh, was, uh, I don't know. Trying, trying to steal tribal land with fake deeds as, a, as a, an Indian of some sort. And the chief apparently caught oh, on to it and squished well, it. Well, the government hired ago. him to prove that they were for they were they yeah, documents. Yeah. Right. So he did, and Decker went to prison for fraud and forgery. That also prevented Decker from grabbing White Feather's tribal land. They promised to return the favor, and they just did. Oh, Rita. Oh, oh this oh, is Rita. bad. <laughs> yes, but um, how your people get them here so fast, White Feather? <laughs> And dude's like, uh, we fly him here, ma'am, in my private jet. <laughs> He's like, I forgot to explain. The tribe struck oil a few years ago. Also, White Feather teaches aerodynamics at Caltech. <laughs> Not dressed like that, I hope. But, uh, That's the chief. He's busted down stereotypes all over the place. Right on. <laughs> Way to go, Rita, you ignorant racist pig. <laughs> Of course, the fact that they come diving in in full regalia on horses and... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that, uh... We're going to live up to the stereotype just so that we could stick it to you later. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle bit where he talks about, you know, women are always complaining that people treat them like sluts because they dress, you know, in provocative fashion. Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, no, it's true that you're not sluts just because you dress like that, but you got to admit it's confusing. If I was if I was to dress like a policeman and walk down the street and somebody come up to me and says, you know, oh thank God, officer, help me. There's someone needs he needs help. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. I am not a police officer. I may look like a police officer, but I am not a police officer. This is how does it go? He's like, oh yeah. I will admit that you are not, you are not a whore just because just because you dress like that. But you're wearing a horse uniform, so it's easy to get confused. <laughs> I, I screwed it up all, but it's, it's like that, and it's funny. That's it's funny right. That totally. <laughs> so anyway, yep. All's well that ends well with Indians. They all take off. And he's yes. got lots of carts to clean now. Totally. Ah, uh, well. And the Doom Troll come crawling back to the Chief. Oh, he's, still, he's still patronizing the Shadowgirl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're all they're they're literally like like scolded school children. I know. They're like heads hang low and their arms behind their backs and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, I hope you've learned one other fact, kiddies, that I'm the father figure around here, and what I say goes. And I say, Madame Rue stays as long as she puts out. I mean, as long as she needs to. <laughs> they're all like, Yes, Papa. And there's Madame Rouge grinning like the Cheshire cat. She's no got what she wants. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. boy. Such goings on. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then they have, like, a little backup, but it is completely not Doom Patrol related. It's like they've got 
how many pages? Five, six pages left over. So they've got, what is it? It's like a demand classic, a DC classic, except it's really not. Are <laughs> <laughs> you kidding about that? I think so. The Man with a Hundred Wigs. I'm sure it's just like a... The Man with a Hundred Wigs. The Man with a Hundred Wigs. So it's got to be one of those sort of O. Henry ending kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twist thing. Yes, some dude finds a trunk full of wigs from a sorcerer, and he uh, throws on the wig, and it gives him uh, various... It looks like it gives him various powers, and... Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know... How come that guy's not in the Doom Patrol? Uh, totally. I know, a wig man. I guess because you'd have to carry that trunk around with him all the time. Yes, that's a little tough. You have to put wheels and a handle on it, scoot it around like like at the airport. (laughs) Oh, well, they had a few extra spaces, pages, totally filled in there. All righty. It could have been worse. They could have put, you know, more uh, Beast Boy back up. Beast Boy, that's right. Yeah, that would have been awful. Yes. All right, what do we got here? We got the... Letters page. Oh. Uh, let me see. Janet Gatowski. Uh, loves Janet Doom Patrol. Well, everyone's debating whether or not to let Beast Boy into the honored ranks. Why not introduce a teenage girl? Whatever her name is, she could be Object Girl with the unique power of changing into any object she wishes. Hmm. So just like Beast Boy, except for a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Power to change it to a chair. Hmm. <laughs> they say, um... You don't, you don't want to turn into a chair on Cliff. He'll just like hit somebody with you. <laughs> That's right. And then you'll be in pieces. <laughs> and they just take that as an opportunity to plug Plastic Man's book. They're like, huh, that sounds like Plastic Man. Hey, by the way, he's yeah. got his own book now. <laughs> uh, let me see... What does it say here? Every time I put uh, another person, what is their question? Uh, hmm. There. Uh, what are they asking here? Oh, they're asking about Beast Boy, of course. Of course. Uh, uh, she wondered about Drake's motivation. Was he making a bid for younger readers' identification? Was he merely an outlet for the author's humor? Uh, and they say, Arnold Drake dreamed up the kooky little character first and then rounded out his background with uh, Nick Nicholas Galtry. There you go. This is like the whole Beast Boy letter. The whole Beast Boy letters page, man. Every page since he came out was a Beast Boy. I don't know what it is about... Kids in the 60s, but they like that Beast Boy. Totally. All righty. Oh, at the very end, they're like, someone asks, by the way, where's that Rita Farr origin you promised us? And they say, stay with us, Rand. It'll be coming up one of these days. Yeah. (laughs) It better be soon, because we're about to get canceled. Yeah. 40 years from now, when Keith Giffen gets the book, (laughs) he'll give Rita an origin story. You just got to hang in there. (laughs) Well, All I right. Think, I think they actually do get around to it at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seem to recall it, but maybe maybe I'm just remembering like the origin from like the the first issue or whatever. Yeah, they gave her like a little spotlight once near the beginning, I think. But 
However, clearly it was not so memorable. <laughs> I guess not. Alrighty. Well, that's it. That's our issue, man. That brings us to the end of Doom Patrol. 117, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we got a few more months before it's the end, the end. Yeah, the end, the end. The end, the end. Alrighty, folks. If you would like to send us an email, you can send one to us at doompodtroll.com. Or you can visit our website, which is also doompodtroll.com. And leave comments on any of the episodes there. We had... Yeah, we had a new face over there. We did. Yes, Little Miss or Big Miss or Young Miss. Leslie Trigg loves Mm. the podcast and is wondering... She was introduced to the team uh, way back in New Teen Titans number 15. Ah, yes. Yes. So she's hoping that we will review those issues at some point. I well, we hope to. Uh, I have I, I have yet to get them, so I have to find them hopefully at a con sometime soon. Oh. I'll put them on my list. Did you have, have you read that story though? No, never. Really? I, I, the, the closest I have oh. is the Teen Titans Spotlight issue with Changeling after oh. they had done that stuff with with him and Robot Man fighting uh, Mr. 104. Yeah. Oh, we gotta find those then. Yeah. So we'll find it. Figure that out, and we'll do do that after we're done the classic run here. Totally, totally. Alrighty, that is it, gang. We will catch you all next week. Bye bye.